Hey, this is Ashley. Hey, this is Marcy. And this is School on Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. If you're not already, follow us on Instagram at School and Life Podcast. That's at S-C-H-O-L-I-N Life Podcast. And let us know when you're listening to the show. Feel free to screenshot while you're listening in Apple Podcasts or Google Play or even Spotify and at us at School and Life Podcast. We want to know what you're listening to, which episodes, what makes you cry, laugh, what makes you reflect, what things you're taking away from the episode. So make sure that you're following us on Instagram and that you tag us when you're listening to the show. This week in Mentor Moment, I'm excited to share that I followed up or reached out to my mentors recently, um, and it was such a humbling experience because I kind of low-key forgot how intimidating and kind of nerve-wracking it can be to reach out to people you admire and ask them for help. Um, You know, I mentor and and feel really honored to mentor hundreds of women through Mentor Me programs. And it reminded me that like, maybe that's how they feel, Um, you know, reaching out to me, maybe, you know, they feel intimidated, they feel nervous, you know, they're worried about the level of investment, you know, how, you know, if my programs are going to be, you know, be able to work for them. And so I'm so excited to be able to um, just like have that opportunity to reflect, um, but also, encourage you that if you have been feeling that if you're like I don't know you know if you know if Ashley can help me or I'm not sure if she you know um, works in my field or you know I don't know if the level of investment um, you know feels right for me I really encourage you to sort of push through that fear that's keeping you stuck and not allowing you to get the level of help that you need to be really intentional about like taking the first step um, and you know, the first step to work with me as a mentor uh, is to schedule your mentor moment for us to hop on a phone call for me to understand what the most pressing issues are facing your career and for me to really understand how I can best serve you. And I'm excited to share that um, I um, will now in the month of March be accepting new mentees, uh, or excuse me, in the month of February, be accepting new mentees um, for the March cohort of the Mentor Me Accelerator. So if you know you are a professional woman in corporate nonprofit or educational leadership, and you are excited to make more money and have more impact in your industry, now is the perfect time for you to push through the fear of self-doubt, of imposter syndrome, of not being sure if you're good enough, um, and to really take that step for us to hop on a phone call and for me to understand what the most pressing needs are facing your career and how I can best serve you as a mentor. Um, The Accelerator um, is a great way for new and mid-level professionals in particular to really get the help that they need and to make sure that they um, don't feel left out or they don't feel like they have direction in their career. So if that's you, schedule your mentor moment today. You can do that at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. And just click schedule uh, my mentor moment um, or let uh, me mentor you and that'll give you an opportunity to get access to my calendar for us to hop on a phone call this week um, and for you to get the support that you need to advance your career. I can't wait to work with you. And I should share that I did the scary thing in reaching out to my mentors and one of them has already emailed me back and we'll be, uh, when you all listen to this episode, we, uh, we have, we'll have already met because we're uh, meeting on Monday, February 1st. So uh, don't delay, take immediate action so that you can get the support that you need. I did and I cannot wait for the conversation. 
So next up is I digress. And this week we are talking mommy and daddy issues, but more specifically, we're talking Randall's mommy issues uh, and the story of Laurel from This Is Us. Um, Marcy and I are big This Is Us fans. We've been watching since the beginning of the show and we're really excited to talk about the beautiful and painful story of the character Laurel who plays Randall's mom uh, on the show. Um, we are gonna dive deep into this conversation and this is your spoiler alert because we are gonna be spilling all the tea. Um, and if you haven't already watched these episodes, pause here, go watch the episodes and then dot, join us back here for this I digress slash TVT deep dive into the character Laurel. So just the how the scenes the scenes are shot here, the flashbacks, the flash forwards. I'm just so excited to dive into this conversation. And I think that we have to go back to the beginning of when we met Laurel, right? So when Laurel was on that floor, Marcy, and she breathed again and opened her eyes, we were both shocked. We talked about it on the show. Like, can I believe she opened her eyes? Can I believe she took another breath? What did you think would be of her story, um, you know, after she breathed again and, and kind of uh, came back to life? So at first, I was thinking that it was going to be this narrative of um, she like went on and had and like looked for Randall and couldn't find her and, or couldn't find him and just like really, um, really having this desire to reconnect. So it kind of is similar to what happened. But I think that it got diverted when you told me about um, Rebecca and her like it possibly winning this court thing and so I was like oh my gosh was she back here like fighting to get him back and then they were keeping him away from her um, and so I think that it kind of both of those things started to intertwine I think that I always knew that she would have this desire to be back with them um, and that she she would have maybe been like in the same city um, and kind of crossing paths with him but not necessarily reaching out and touching him because he already had this new family so I kind of imagined that she would always be looming in the background looking for him um, and even maybe going through some like very gut-wrenching heartbreaking trial to get him back as well what about you what did you think I know that part but what else did you think would be her story yeah I mean I I thought that she was in battle with Rebecca and I'm still not letting that storyline go. I think we don't have the full story and you never do with This Is Us, right? So I still think that somebody was looking for him and she and Rebecca kept it close and didn't like tell him. I still think maybe his grandparents, you know, were reaching out. I think that there's something there and I'm just like looking forward to just seeing this story unfold. Um, but I, what I absolutely didn't expect is that to see how a much of an affluent family Laurel came from. And I love that. I love seeing Black excellence. I love seeing like Black people be affluent, having lots of money, particularly in the South and particularly at the time um, that that story was told, you know, um, you know, knowing that her father was uh, owned a bank and, you know, uh, you know, that she was, you know, she came from money and like, you know, to see a person's dichotomy and their life arc and, you know, knowing that where you come from isn't always where you end up. And, you know, th this kind of story and the relationship with um, her aunt, um, a castaway from her father's family, you know, that whole thing was not at all expected, but I really loved how beautiful um, that story was told. Um, and I remember watching it and I was telling 
uh, my boyfriend, I was saying like, oh, like I'm so annoyed that she like wants to buck the system. I hate when like, you know, rich snotty kids are like, I don't want this. I want to do what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, actually you have to check yourself. Like everybody has, you know, like a journey. And just because she came from a rich, wealthy family didn't mean she just wanted to like marry into that and sort of go into the family way. Like she kind of wanted, she had her own vibe. Um, but I love to see that, especially in New Orleans. Um, like what did you think of her family and, and in particular her aunt? So I agree. I was quite shocked and pleased simultaneously to see that that was the storyline that she did. Because I do think that a lot of times we have these narratives of drug addicts and them coming from like lower income families and backgrounds. And this is how they got into that. And so it's like this pipeline kind of thing. Um, and so I really appreciate it and was completely shocked that they went that route. But also when I think about this, I'm like, how are you ever shocked at anything? Um, and so, but I really just like valued and appreciated that and found myself being very um, in awe of that decision. And her aunt, though, um, I really wanted to know what the backstory was. And so I know that they got to it at the end, but I really wanted to know, like, what is the what is the trauma that happened, right? Like, I'm always looking at things with my therapist hat on, like, what is the trauma? What? How is she disowned from this family? I was really just, I was fascinated by the dynamics between the mom and the dad, between the dad and the um between the dad and the daughter, like all of those family dynamics really had me fascinated. And so I just really enjoyed all of it. I, I, I'm still, um, I did not like the way that they made it seem like all you had to do was go into the water and scream. And that just releases you <laughs> from all of your demons. Um, and so that kind of annoyed me a little bit about, um, about the aunt and that kind of whimsical nature of people, but also I think it's a very valid thing. And even when I think about like New Orleans and where it was set in in particular, there is so much around like voodooism. I don't know if that's actually the word, but just like voodoo and just like a lot of spiritual aspects that come into New Orleans. And so it fit, but also my therapist hat was like, girl, go to therapy. <laughs> and so I really loved seeing that. Um, but also, I was shocked by the love story. I knew when they started to weave him in and the pictures um, that he had with her that there was something there. But of course, like I love seeing diverse relationships, interracial relationships on television. It broke my heart. I think the big part about it that really um, struck me was that it broke my heart when she came back after all of her stuff had happened and he was married and so they couldn't be together. And I was just like, but no, they loved each other so much. Um, and so, yeah, that really stood out to me just as this, just as this striking thing. But I think I also really appreciated the the um the village aspect of it. Like they have the farmers market. That's what I'm gonna call it. I'm sure that, that there's another name for it, but they have the farmers market and they have this place where they gathered and it became a tradition basically for them. And so the magic of them falling in love, the princess and the frog, of course, like all of those things, it just it was such a feel good. And I wasn't expecting when we were from when we were introduced to her for there to be such a um such a magical romance love story behind it. Uh, what about you? What about Laurel and Hyde? What did, what about their love story struck you? 
Yeah, I love that. I love their love story. I love that he was trying to rescue her. I love a man who can cook for you. I just thought that that was so sweet. Yeah. He fed her and, you know, just made sure that she, um, you know, was taken care of. Just love that energy. Um, I felt like she was rash for leaving though. Girl, like, okay, so your daddy wants you to marry this dude. You don't want to marry him. You don't got to leave the city, the state. You don't got to go up North. Like you do it too much. I just feel like I didn't understand why she just couldn't live with him. Like I just, I literally didn't understand that. I just felt like she could have just like, okay, I'm not, you know, cause she was grown. It was, she was not a high schooler. Like it seemed like she was in college maybe like, or whatever. I'm like, girl, you could just get an apartment. Like I, I don't understand why you got to like up and leave or whatever. And I am so proud of him for like, I'm not following you to freaking Pittsburgh or Chicago or wherever you're trying to go, girl. Like I have my parents to take care of. They won't survive without me. Like I cannot just follow you. I felt like she made a rash decision to leave. I love their relationship. And I, and I, I felt like she, I wish she had a like stronger backbone or something like that she could kind of push back against what her father wanted her to marry into and just say no and lean into the love that she had. Um, were you shocked by, like, do you feel like her decision to leave was rash at all? So rash in some ways, yes, because it's like, that's a bit of a um, extreme response. But also when I think about the influence that her dad had, and likely the small community that they were in, I think that she, the way that I understood it for her was that she would have to leave in order to be able to be free of whatever her family had for her. Um, and I think that because her relationship with her dad was so just like contentious, anything that would have reminded her of him and of that family I think would have caused her more distress. And so that's kind of how it makes sense of why she decided to leave. Um, would I recommend or make the same, <laughs> make the same recommendation? Probably not. Yeah, that's just kind of how it made sense of it is that her dad was this big overarching person in the community and there was no way to get out except for to leave. And even when um, she came back, like when I think about the pain of her coming back, that is also what helped me to make sense of her leaving because she came back with so much pain, but also like I can imagine the pain of thinking about what life would have been like if she would have stayed, um, what she wouldn't have had to experience if she had have stayed, even though by her leaving, she brought this child into the world. You know, people think that their lives are just renewed when they have children. And so like the grief of that too, like thinking of staying, but also knowing that she would not have had that particular child in the way that she did. So I think that there was so much pain in her coming back. And I know that I talked earlier about my, um, issue with the water scene but I think that the significance of that I thought of baptism and how you go into the water and you come out reborn I think um there are lots of ways to express feelings and express things to literally get them out and so that screaming and the release of that energy, I think is really powerful and really important. Um, even like when people aren't able to vocalize the things that they want to say, just being able to say those things is a powerful action. So I think that there definitely was some significance to it. I thought that it was quite creepy at the end when um, she came back. I That was a stretch for me. They, they, they stretched it a bit with that but I got it but they stretched it so <laughs> what do you think the significance of her uh with the water and the screaming was 
Yeah, I thought it felt very like New Orleans to me. It felt very ancestral to me. Um, you know, I, you know, I had some strong thoughts about, you know, like you were saying like, oh, like, oh, she would have went to therapy. And I'm like, she should just move into her own apartment. Like black women, women in general, weren't even able to vote or like, I don't think own like a bank account at the time. Right. So like our expectations for what she could have and should have done are like a little like lofty. Right. Like she didn't even like um, screaming was all she had. So I, I was, you know, like fine with it, even though I did think the whole like mama come back to me in the water was mad creepy, but I thought the, the imagery was beautiful. I really did love that. Um, and you know, I think and hope, right. That Randall will find peace through this. I hope that he will find peace. I hope that, um, he'll be able to reconcile things with his brother. I'm really interested to see where that storyline goes. Um, and I did appreciate the flash too, like, her going to prison, right? And being there for years, what, five years, you know, like the the crack epidemic and black women being in prison for being victims of, um, or, you know, maybe not victims, but, you know, being, um, having an addiction was just so painful. So um, as we digress, like, do you think that Randall will find peace now and any sort of just like point reflections to her time in prison? I do. And I think that there are honestly some parallels with that as well. So her going to jail and kind of having this really difficult stint of those years and how she ended up finding peace in her life um, as a, an older woman dealing with breast cancer. Like, I think there are lots of parallels and I'm assuming that that was the significance of the meeting in the water. And so the parallels of her being able to find peace in the middle of her distress I think can give him some hope and, and guidance around finding that peace. And what I appreciated about her storyline was that it wasn't as filled with drama as I would have envisioned it being. And so by him being able to know that his mother actually lived a good life and had good things in spite of going to prison, I think will allow him to have a little bit of rest. So you know all of your family now, you know your background, you know where your roots come from. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with them having this land in Louisiana and bringing Randall and his family into a more Black culture. Like I'm excited to see what they do with that. So I do. I think that he will be able to find peace now I hope so anyway because he needs it okay like I'm excited for that too um and we digress so next up is all black everything Marcy what do you have for us this week uh the first week of February happy black history month I know I know it's gonna be some magical so I'm ready <laughs> yes it is black history month I'm so excited but unfortunately I have to start off the first week of black history month really sad because just last week, we lost an icon, we lost a legend, we lost a queen. And when I tell y'all that I was gutted to hear this news of Cicely Tyson passing. And the reason that it was so like shocking to me is because literally two days before she passed, I had just ordered her book as I am. Like literally the book arrived on my front door on Wednesday and then I found out that she passed on Thursday and I was literally gutted so if you don't know who Cicely Tyson is I don't know what rock you've been living underneath but she is 96 she died at 96 and literally had the career of a lifetime in her later 
um, her later career, she's done a lot of things with Medea and lots of things with Tyler Perry, but she literally broke barriers in the acting world. She broke barriers in the film world. Her catalog is so extensive, like we wouldn't even have time to necessarily be able to say everything on here, but she literally has become a, house, a household name. She set the bar so high for so much so she's opened doors and paved pathways for so many people so many black women and she's just a beautiful spirit she's literally divine and the most wonderful person ever she's so sweet i've never met her in person but from what i can gather she's pretty amazing so just wanted to take a moment to pay homage um show so much love and appreciation if you haven't purchased the book definitely purchase her book as i am it's it's a little thick but it has a foreword from viola davis um and uh, on the back of it barack obama has a quote on there about her so all of our faves are included and i would definitely encourage you and if you haven't go back and check out some of her old classics and just see her shining and doing her thing so that's all for all like everything yeah a life well lived um in one of her last interviews with gail king she shared that she wanted her legacy to be known that she did her best and she did her best and we know that and we honor that best and so a life well lived um rest in sweet peace cicely tyson so last is selfish tip of the week what do you have for us this week yeah, so this week for our selfish tip for the week, I am excited, honestly, also to acknowledge that um, the art of being selfish is celebrating its three-year anniversary now. Yes, so y'all know it's been pretty um, <laughs> little MIA for like the last two years of that, but still, it doesn't matter. I am excited because it's been around for three years. And so in this week's session, I discuss celebrating every single step along the way. Far too often, we wait until we get to the thing that we're going towards to start celebrating. Like we've been talking about vision and discipline all week. So we wait until we hit the goal. We wait until the graduation, the promotion, the prize, the end, the destination. And the selfish tip of this week is just to invite you to think about the ways you can begin to acknowledge and reward yourself for everything you achieve along the journey. If you get one client, do a celebratory dance. If you hit all your goals in the day or do all your tasks for the week, treat yourself to a nice dessert. You went to the gym, whether you did last week, treat yourself to a massage. There are so many ways that you can celebrate every part of your journey. So just make sure that you are doing something to honor yourself and be selfish. Too often we don't celebrate the, the milestones, the mile markers on our way to our destination. So thanks for that reminder, Marcy. That is a great reminder to help us be selfish. That wraps up this week's episode of School and Life. Um, we will be here all month, all Black History Month, to celebrate all Black everything, to digress with you, to talk more TV, and to give you more ways to be selfish and to focus on yourself. Thanks so much for listening. Tell a friend. School's out. Class dismissed.